0: Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for that. Um, we've been in a, in a series, The Making of a Woman or a Man of God. And I believe that God is wanting to take us to the next level. Who wants to go to the next level? Who wants to grow in God? Who wants to go further in God? Who wants to go deeper in God? I believe there's people here that God wants to heal of of things that maybe you've carried your whole life, some kind of an, an emotional trauma or a physical ailment. I believe that God is wanting to take us to that next level. I believe that he's wanting to give us the land. Listen to this. I believe there's areas that God wants us to walk I believe there's places that we're supposed to be inheriting and there's places that we're supposed to be, uh, it's supposed to be a part of our everyday place and our everyday walk, but we're not, we're not really walking in it in the consistency that God wants us to be. Are y'all with me? I believe there's a place that God wants us to live in an inheritance that he wants us to live in. And, And I'm calling that the making of a woman or a man of God. And how, how do we get there? Last week we talked about that, wil- that wilderness experience. This week I'm going to be preaching on whipped, whipped before you even get started. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that your Holy Spirit will come into this place and you will give us a revelation of how we are allowing the enemy to whip us before we even get started, before we even start inheriting the land and what you've called for us to do. Our hands are already hanging down. And our jaws are already down. And, and, and our murmuring is up. Lord, you have called us to be women and men of God. And I pray that you would insert something inside of our hearts today. Here's what I ask for. I ask for grace. Lord, you never called us to walk somewhere that you wouldn't give us the strength to walk there. Hey, the reason I prayed that is I felt, I felt some people's thoughts. I heard some thoughts today. I heard people say, oh, you don't know where I'm at. Oh, here's one of those messages? I don't want to hear that today. I, I just want to, hey, God never calls us where he doesn't equip us. God equip us with the grace. Equip us with the strength. Equip us with the ability. Equip us with the gift of faith. In Jesus' name, amen. I remember it was 1983. I was a sophomore in high school. I was the starting offensive center for the Lamar Tigers. 155 pounds of pure country boy, I want to say. Pure country boy, 155 pounds playing, playing varsity in a 3A school. Um, all of a sudden, we're going to go play a team called the Mighty Mountain, the Mighty Mount Vernon Mountaineers. Anybody ever heard of Mount Vernon, Missouri? This guy, these guys were huge. Uh, it was like the whole offensive line was like college, 200 to 240 pounds. And, and here I'm sitting at 155. We seem real little and all that. And then they have a nose guard that right over the center that's 224 pounds that everybody knows that every Big 12 is trying to recruit this guy to play college football. So, so we're out there, we're getting ready, and all of a sudden here come the mighty Mountaineers where they're, they're like groaning, and then they're, (laughs) and they're walking in, and they're staring at us, and, and our hearts start melding, and, and we start getting afraid, and then all the newspaper articles, and look at how big they are, and how good they are, and they're supposed to win state, and all that starts hitting us, and getting into our head is what they were wanting to do, and then I remember getting into the locker room right before We're going out there. It was deathly quiet in there. Everybody was like shaking. And everybody, all I could do is is, is see number 74. And all I could do is see how big he was and hear all the newspaper articles about him. Thinking about all the film that I watched that week. Amen. All the film that I watched that week. Seeing what this guy did to every opponent that he went to. And so when I went out, I was whipped before I even got started. I was whipped. I was whipped before I even got started. And you know what happened that first half? Exactly what I thought would happen that first half. I was pushed off on my hind end. I was thrown to the side. I turned and would watch my quarterback get sacked time after time after time. I was the center, so I had to go back and lift my hands up and say, huddle. And everybody came in and everybody's like, come on, Garfield, block the guy. And so everybody's on me, and, and it's getting in my head, and, and, and all this is going on. And, and the first half, they scored, they scored, they scored. They walked up and down the field. They walked over, over me. They walked over us. But you know, it was the second half that I made up my mind. I said, that guy isn't beating me, is not beating me another time. My, my quarterback is not going to be sacked again. The quarterback's not going to be sacked again. My guy, Noseguard, guard, he's not going to be in on another play. If I have to tackle him, if I have to hold on to him, he is not making another tackle. He's not tackling my quarterback anymore. And you know what? Guess what? Second half, my guy didn't sack the quarterback. Second half, my guy wasn't in on tackles. Hey, I got a holding or two penalty, but that's better than giving up what I was given, all right? The score chart started changing, and when we left that game, we had beat those guys 29-28, and it was an incredible, it was an incredible upset. But my point today is we were whipped right out of the gate. Remember last week, if you look at Exodus 14, 1 through 4, the Lord gave these instructions. He said, order the Israelites to turn back and camp by this piharap by Migdal and the sea, camp there along the shore, across from Baal-Zephon. Then Pharaoh will think. Think about this. Then Pharaoh will think. The Israelites are confused. They're trapped in a wilderness. And once again, look at this. The Lord said, I will harden Pharaoh's heart to where he will chase after you. Am I reading that right? I will harden. So that, that and, and last week we talked about what that meant. So if you want to watch that message, you can go to our website and look at Wilderness Experience and you can hear that sermon from last week. But then it says, when the word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelites had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. Listen to this. And they said this, what have we done letting all those Israelite slaves go free? I want you to think about that. What have we done? That's what the enemy does when you come to Christ. That's what the enemy does when you say, no more depression and anxiety. No more of of the enemy kicking my tail in this area. I'm not living that way anymore. The minute you make those kind of decisions, if you think the devil's just going to roll over on his back and you tickle his belly a little bit, you've got something that you need to learn. It's not that way. The minute that you start standing on the Word and believing God for healing is when you're going to get hit with everything the enemy has. The minute that you stand on the Word and you say, I'm going to believe God for my business, or I'm going to believe God for my marriage, or I'm going to believe God for, for, for this, that, or the other, whatever you're searching for, you're wanting to go to that next place, the enemy will hit you and he'll say this, wait a minute, I've had Brian... And Carmen and their marriage just where I've wanted it the last few years. I ain't letting him have a good marriage. I've had that business with my thumb on it just where I wanted it. I ain't letting go. I've had them walking in fear to where they're paralyzed and they're not moving out on the call of God. And they're not fulfilling their purpose in Christ because I got my thumb on them. Wait a minute. The enemy says, wait a minute. What am I doing letting these guys go? get away. So Pharaoh, he harnessed his chariot and he called up his troops. He took, with it, he took with him 600 of Egypt's, look at this, best chariots along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with its own commander. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, so that he chased after the people who had left their fists raised in defiance. How many know when you, you say, I'm not taking it anymore. It starts where your hands are up in defiance and you're like, yeah, I'm going to give you one, devil. But then it hits you the next day. You still need to have those fists up. Exodus 14, 9, then it says, and the Egyptians chased after them with all forces in Pharaoh's army. Look at that. All forces in Pharaoh's army. All his horses and chariots, his charioteers and his troops. As Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, look at this. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and they panicked and they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. I read that about a month ago and I never caught that. They weren't in a battle. They were a long ways off. Uh, it might even even been out of sight or out of distance. We don't know, but they weren't overtaken. They weren't there yet. But in their mind, they panicked. And in their spirit, they panicked because, in their estimation and in their faith and in where they were at and and, and what they were doing, they had been overtaken by the enemy. But I felt the Lord say that the enemy is always at the gate, the enemy wants the gates. The battle's always at the gate. If you look at that picture on the screen, uh, any time that there's a conquering, and any time that, that takes, there's something going on, there's always a battle at the gate. And then the enemy is always crouching at the door. Once you have courage to become a Christian, once you have courage to say, I'm not going to be sick anymore... Once you have courage to say, anxiety and depression and fear is not gonna be, I'm not gonna be a slave to that anymore. Once you say, hey, I'm gonna make my marriage work. Once you say, I'm gonna forgive that person that hurt me, the enemy is always gonna be at the door. Get that in your spirit. The enemy is always at the door. The door that you need to go through, the door that that you have to go through to go to the place that God has called his men and women to walk, the enemy is always right there at the door. Look at the story of Cain and Abel in Genesis 4, 3 through 6. You guys didn't have that up there, but Genesis 4, 3 through 6. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented, look at this, Cain presented some of his crops to the Lord. Abel brought a gift, but Abel bought brought the best portion of the firstborn lambs of his flock. And brothers and sisters, what that's talking about there, you might say, why did God like Abel's sacrifice and he didn't accept what, what Cain did? The reason is because Cain gave God the leftovers and Abel gave God his best. Whenever, whenever you, and we call that God first living around here, amen? So God didn't accept people giving him his second best. But the Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. Look at this. This made Cain very angry. He looked up and he felt dejected. But in that time when when Cain was upset and he was dejected, what I want you to realize as a church today is God was making a way of escape for him. God was giving Cain grace and the ability to go into the land or the place that God had called him to walk. But look at this interesting verse 7 that the Lord said. He said, Cain, you will be accepted if you do what is right. In going through the door and taking that land that God's called you to, to, to have, you will be accepted if you do what's right. But if you refuse to do what's right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door it's eager to control you but look at this but you should subdue it you should subdue it and be its master you should subdue it and be its master guys we know that Cain didn't we know that God gave Cain every opportunity to enter into the promise that that he had for him the purpose that he had for him Cain wanted to hold on to his anger. He wanted to continue living the way that that he was living. And the Lord said, I'm not accepting that. And I'm telling you this, that the door you need to go through, if, if you don't get right with me and you don't let your grace, my grace fill you, that right outside that door, the enemy is crouching and he wants you. But here's what God said. But I want you to master that. I want you to master your fear. I want you to master your marriage. I want you to, are you all with me today? I want you to master your marriage. I want you to master that habit that breaks you down every time. I want you to master that attitude that disqualifies you in job promotions and and getting along with people. God wants us to master things. I'm telling you, he's wanting some men and women to go to a new place in him. But the enemy's always at the gate. He's always right there. There is a full force attack. You know, this hit me. I want you to look at Exodus chapter 14, verse 4. Why does God do it this way? I believe God wants to settle things right out of the gate. What do you mean by that? I think God wants two people to know something right in the beginning or right out of the gate. Look at this verse, Exodus 14, 4. And once again, I'll harden Pharaoh's heart and he'll chase after you. Look at this. Why? Why? Why would he do that? In order to display my glory through pharaoh and his whole army and after this the egyptians will know that i am god so to me there's always two reasons god does it right out of the gate if you're a newborn believer starting with god and all hell's breaking loose at you if you're a marriage just trying to come back together and all hell's trying to break loose on you listen whatever it is the enemy's at the gate and god wants to do something Right at the start. God wants to show two people something right out of the start. One is he wants to show you that Jesus is Lord. He wants to show you that Pharaoh can be defeated, that things can change. He wants to show you, and also he wants to put his finger on the enemy and say, back off, I am Lord, these are my people, they're going through that door. I believe that with all my heart. The enemy's always at the gate. He's always at the door. I'm going I, to skip those, that next part. I want to look, uh, you guys will have to follow me. But as Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, they looked up and they panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. If you can put up that, lo- that sign on the screen that says fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. As that's on the screen, listen to this. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked because in their minds the Egyptians were already overtaking them. Fear is a liar, the song says. Fear robs you of boldness and faith that God wants you to walk in. Fear is a liar. It'll take your breath, it'll paralyze you, it'll stop you in your steps. It'll rob you of rest. It'll steal your happiness because fear causes spiritual paralysis and it robs us of courage. Face your fears. Call its bluff. Cast your fear in in the fire because fear is a liar. In Exodus 14... Once they saw in their head that they were being overtaken, I want everybody to read this. I want everybody to see this with their eyes. Exodus 14, 11 and 12. Once the, 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 the panic happened and they saw that, people, that they were being overtaken, Exodus 14, 11 and 12, please, when you can get it. There we go. You guys are doing great. I'm throwing a lot of stuff at you. Exodus 14. I believe it's powerful to see the word. Exodus 14, 11 through 12. Exodus 14, 11 and 12. Once, the, once they saw this, I want you to see this. Look what happens. Look, look at this. Is this 11 and 12? Uh, the first. it's NLT, Exodus 11, 14, verse 11. And they said, in, and they said unto Moses... Why did you bring us out? Yep, thank you. Thank you, Braden. Look at this. Look at this. I, I want you to get this today. I don't care if I'm polished and, and an amazing preacher right now. I just want you to see this, all right? Look, in their mind, they were being overtaken. Look what happens. Panic hits them, and they panic. Oh my gosh, I'm being overtaken. Then look what they, then they cried into the Lord. Their thoughts started going faster. They started panicking. Then they cried in the Lord, and they said, why did you bring us out here to die in this wilderness? Weren't there enough graves in? To keep going. Weren't there enough graves in? They're in a frenzy. In Egypt, what have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we're still in Egypt? We, no, no, no,. we said, leave us alone. We'll just be slaves in Egypt. It's better to be slaves in Egypt than be corpse in wilderness. Why do we do that? You want to be a woman of God? You want to be a man of God? Why do we do that? Why do we do that? We're not going to go through the door. We're we're, we're not going to possess that land. We're not going to inherit what's ours. If the very minute that you get an attack of the enemy, you're... When fear hits me, my mind is like a machine gun. I'm telling you, how do you know? Been there. It hit me this morning. It hits me about every morning. I usually wake up with a panic attack every morning. But I don't live my day in panic. And I don't live my day in fear. And I don't live my day in dread. And I don't live my day like that. Because I've learned to overcome. You know, you know what? Paul was so important to the work of God that Satan had an individual messenger on him that gave him trouble day and night. There was somebody right there. Everywhere he turned, everywhere he turned, he was being hit by the enemy. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited I get hit every day. I'm kind of excited about it. I'm kind of excited that I'm doing something in the kingdom that the devil wants to stop me. Yeah. But I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm refusing to be that person. <laughs> oh, I've got a pain in my in my body today. Must be a heart attack. Oh, I, I got this. I must have cancer. Oh, oh this this happened. Uh, this person's thinking this about me. Uh, this, man. It, fear makes you see things in the worst case scenario. They they saw their self overtaken. It it, it gives you a wrong perspective of who you are in Christ. We're just grasshoppers. No, we're not grasshoppers. We're men and women of God that's strong and can take God's land. It makes you surmise things that aren't even there. They're not going to happen. It causes anxiety. It makes you hear things. You know, you can literally hear things that aren't even there. They're not even there. You can think stuff that people aren't even thinking. Fear withers you like that nose guard did. Fear withers you and makes you feel weak. Makes you feel hopeless. It takes your motivation. It leads you into depression. Moses showed us. Moses showed you, and I'm going to show you today as as a pastor... How do you not give in to that? You want to be a woman of God? You want to be a man of God? How do you respond to this kind of adversity? We're going to read, don't try to put up, do it like I did it in your insert. But what I'm going to do is Exodus 14, 13 through 14. The first thing is Moses said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. So he had the right kind of reaction. It's, it, you guys, it's, the PowerPoint is written just like that. Moses said, don't be afraid. He had the right kind of reaction. We have to overcome in this, it, with a reaction in order for God's plans to unfold when we are going into what he wants us to be. Don't try to do this scripture, but 1 Corinthians thirteen thirteen, church, three things of the way we need to act. This will change your life. There's three ways that when adversity hits us, there's three things we need to do. We need to have faith, hope, and love. And the scripture says the greatest of these is love. So when things hit you, how do I react? We react first of all in faith. We react second of all in love, in hope. And then we react third of all in love. You know, most of the time, it's, it, it, people will be the ones that try to bring you down into the mud. But when you're responding in love, when you're responding through adversity in love, when you're responding through adversity with faith, when you're responding through adversity with hope, then you're going to do great things for the Lord. Second thing, then Moses said, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. He had the second thing. He had the right kind of faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says faith shows reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of what we can't see. Hebrews 11.6 says it's impossible to please God without this kind of faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that he exists and rewards those that sincerely seek after him. If you guys will put that slide up that says your mind will always believe everything you tell it. Feed it faith. Feed it truth and feed it with love. I just saw that on Twitter from Kevin Kringle this past week, a pastor in Roscoe. I, I couldn't shake that. When, when I'm thinking about just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today, he had the right kind of faith. When, when, I, was, when I was seeing that, I, I, your mind will always believe everything you tell it. I believe that. I, I've decided I believe that. If You can decide if you believe it or not. The reason I believe it is because I practiced it. Ever since I heard that statement, which was like a Monday or Tuesday, I practiced it. And I started telling my mind, I started telling myself stuff. I started telling myself faith. I started, telling, I started feeding it faith. I started feeding it truth of God's word. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, cast down every imagination, every high thing that exalts it above the knowledge of truth that you have inside of you. So, so and, then I, and then I feed it with love I challenge you to write that down and practice that this week here's the third thing Moses did Moses said the Egyptians the Egyptians that you see today you will never see again he said the right thing he said the right thing Moses gives you a pattern how to deal with adversity the first thing he said is he said don't be afraid The next thing, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. And the third thing he said, the Egyptians you see today, you're never going to see them ever again. Listen, he said the right thing. You know, Amos chapter 3, verse 3 is a scripture that I have memorized and I live by it as much as I can every day. It says two can't walk together unless they're in agreement. Simple. If you're going to walk with the Lord through adversity, into the land that he's called you to do. you got to be in agreement with him. Get your mouths in accordance with what God's saying. I, I never saw people, I've never seen people that God can fill up with faith. I've never seen people that can be filled up with faith and filled up with courage, and I can't even get out of the parking lot without this I'm doing every single thing that the Lord just put in me. Quit. I, I don't care if you guys, I don't care if people say, oh, your name, let's name it, claim it, and all that. Stay in what you're in. Get your mouths in order with what God's saying, and you'll start walking in a different victory. If you want to you say you're sick, and if you want to talk about how bad everything is, and that's all you talk about is how bad everything is and how bad it is for you and, and how it's coming. I understand that there's times that you have to have empathy and there's times that you, you, you need to comfort people. But also sometimes love is saying, get your talk straight. Get your talk straight. Guys, I believe that. And as a pastor, I love you enough to speak the truth in love. You know, Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. Here, here's a scripture that I stand on. And, and, and people that are in this right now, people that are in this, that are in the, this, they'll say, oh, who are you to be up there talking about that? What do you know? You haven't went through half of what I've went through. Silence that. Th- those are the voices of the enemy. Those are lies. Those are lies. Here. Marlene, stand up. I haven't heard one word. Stop your applause. Wait just a minute. I haven't heard one murmur, one complaint, one God has left me, one, not one from her. And she gets reports of going through radiation and saying, you can't even do chemo on Friday because your body's too weak. And if that doesn't happen, you're going on hospice. She blesses God. She... 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 I go down there and try to minister to her, and she ministers to me. I I, I mean... Marlene, you are incredible. You're a, you're a wog. You're a woman of God. I respect you. I salute you, my sister. I salute you. I, I want to be like her. I want to be like her that when adversity hits me, that my mouth's right. Look at Habakkuk 3, 17. Though the fig tree won't blossom... Neither there's no fruit on the vines. Though the labor, the olive, it's failing. In the fields, there's no food. Though the flock's cut off from the fold, and there's no herd in the stalls. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will. You see the declaration and the courage. Somebody say it. I will <laughs> rejoice in the Lord say I will joy in the God of my salvation the Lord is come on the Lord is my strength he will come on he will say it he will make my feet like deer's feet you know what that means a deer's a climber a deer's a mountain goat anybody want to climb a mountain around here Make my feet like deer's feet, that I'll climb and I'll walk on this mountain. And then he said, hey, turn the radio on. Listen to the music in the air. Turn the music on with the stringed instruments. Wee's praising God around this place. Marlene, you're amazing. So he said, he said, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today, you aren't going to see them ever again. How many would like to never see ever again? He said not today or after this, ever. Y'all believe that? I'm I'm telling you, there's something to standing still. The the, the people that, that don't enter into that, it's because they're standing in their own strength. I want you to hear today that God gives the grace to do this. So he said, the Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. He said, the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Just stay calm. So he had the right perspective. He had the right thinking. He had the right direction, and he had the right action. Guys, I'm giving you another scripture. If you can, turn to it. You guys don't have it upstairs. It's Philippians 4, 6 through 9. This is a cornerstone scripture. Anybody want to be a wog, a woman of God? Anybody want to be a man of God? Okay? This is a scripture that you should use every day. Use it every, I use it every day. Okay? God doesn't want us to wig out. Are y'all with me? He doesn't want us to wig out. God comes to me when I'm wigging out and he says, Hey, Brian, easy boy. Just stay calm. What's going on? Why are you fearing? Why are you dreading? What are you fretting about? Let's talk about it. God does that to me. And then I go to this. Brian, don't worry. This is Philippians 4, 6 through 9. Philippians 4, 6 through 9. He said, Brian, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then thank Him for all He's done. I, I, I take inventory of my thoughts and I said, Brian, what's causing you to worry? Guys, l- 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 write this progression down. Thoughts, emotions, actions. Thoughts, Emotions, actions. Write this down. Thoughts, emotions, actions. I want to get to a place where my actions and my responses, stay with me, is what the reaction and response that God wants for me. All right. Do you guys know that emotions are like your idiot lights in your car? Service engine. Car's hot. Windshield wiper fluid. You need to fill it up. Okay, they're they're like, your emotions, your emotions, whenever I have an emotion that I'm not enjoying, I stop and I say, Brian, what are you thinking about? And then what I'm thinking about pinpoints me in on, don't worry about this, instead pray about it. Tell God what you need and then thank Him for what He's done. Lord, this is causing fear to me. This is causing dread to me. This is causing havoc in my relationship with my husband. This is causing havoc in relationship with my wife. I'm having this emotion and this is the thought. So you correct the thought with the word of God and you don't start saying, I'll tell you what, nobody knows what my marriage is. Man, the husband I live with or the wife I live with, then you go find your comforters and try to get them to echo with you. Won't help you. Won't help you. What are you worrying about? Lord, I thank you for... She has to pray him for me. I thank you for my husband. I thank you that he's gentle and kind and loving. And he's faithful. And he's... Kind, and he's... She, 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 she takes everything that maybe I'm Not. And then she prays and begins to thank God for what she wants me to do. That's when God can move in your situation. Sometimes I hear God like, give me something to work with here. Give me a little something here. So then you will look. Look at verse 7. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that you can understand. His peace, His peace will guard your heart. And your minds, look at this. As you what? As you live where? As you live in your complaining? As you live with your friends that will agree with you on how bad your husband is? We, we always run to people who will tell us what we wanna hear. No, as we live in Christ, as we live in Christ. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. One final thing. Fix your thoughts on what's true because fear is a liar fix your thoughts on what's honorable because fear is a liar fix your thoughts on what's right and pure and lovely and admirable think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise keep putting i love this keep putting into practice here's another issue why church people don't get victory listen here's another reason church people don't get victory is they do it a couple times and they throw up their arms and say, it doesn't work. Sermon doesn't work. Sermon doesn't work. God didn't work, tried it, been there, done that. No. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received of me. Everything you've heard and you look at this and you saw me doing. That's why I try to show you guys some transparency. Then the God of peace will be with you. So as the musicians are coming, we see that Moses demonstrated the right way to respond to adversity. One, don't be afraid. He had the right kind of reaction. Two, just stand still and watch the Lord. He's going to rescue you today. He had the right kind of faith. Three, the Egyptians you see today, you're never going to see them again. He spoke the right thing. Four, he said the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. He had the right thinking, the right direction, and the right action. And I close with this, and I think this is a powerful sermon. Then God said. How many want to hear from God? Church on the rock, it's an if and then. If we respond to adversity like Moses taught us. Then God said. Well, you ends all crying out to me. Tell the people to get moving with exclamation marks, points. This is Exodus 14, 15, and 16. Tell the people to get moving. Look at this. Pick up your staff. Guys, what does Moses' staff represent? Somebody say it again. Everybody pick up your staff in the spirit. Pick up your staff today that God's given you. Word of God, pick up your staff today. Pick up your staff, raise it over the sea. And the Lord says, divide the water so you can walk through on dry, dry land. <laughs> I, I'm, I, that excites me. That excites me. I hope it excited you to hear God say, why are you crying out to me? Why is thoughts going off like a machine gun? Tell the people it's time to get moving. How many want to move? One thing about Jesus, he's always going somewhere. Amen. He's moving. God said, pick up your chin. Pick up your staff. Raise it over the sea. Is everybody listening to this? When Moses lifted up his hands... How many remember in the beginning of Moses' walk that he lifted up his hands? What was happening in the valley when Moses' hands was lifted up? The battle went well, and they were winning. What happened when his hands went down? They folded, and they were getting beaten. So pick up your staff. Hold it over that sea. If you have to get a friend to come hold your arm up, on the right or the left, to keep your staff up, the Lord says, watch your sea divide, and you're going to walk through on dry ground. Come on, give the Lord a hand. Watch your sea divide, and you're going to go through on dry ground. Let's stand to our feet today. With every head bowed and eyes closed, as the altar team is coming, with the altar team come forward, I want to ask you a question. How do you react under adversity? Is it with fear or is it with faith? Somebody tell God, just tell God, I want to change that today. What can you come talk to God about today? Where God says, hey, Brian, why are you wigging out? Come talk to me. What can we talk to God about so we can get his peace today? You know, the Bible says that fear is a spirit. And the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Come on, lift your hands across this congregation and say, Lord, break the spirit of fear in my life. Break my murmuring mouth change my words, fill my heart with faith today. Come on, Lord, give me courage to grab that staff. Oh, give me courage to grab that staff and hold it out over the waters. Oh, Lord, give me eyes for my family. Give me eyes for my marriage. Give me eyes to see my healing. Lord God, I pray today that that I will not see myself overtaken and I'll not be whipped today before I even get started. Come on, somebody say, I'm not going to be whipped today. I'm not going to be whipped today. I'm going to walk out of this valley with my hands lifted up into the Lord. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to joy in the God of my salvation. I'm going to get my lips in accordance with His lips. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Your mind will believe whatever you tell it. Your mind will believe whatever you tell it. I'm saying feed it faith today. Feed it truth today. And feed it with love. We're going to open up these altars. If you've been given a bad report, if this sermon has hit you in any way whatsoever... I want you to come and let these people pray with you. If you want your marriage prayed for, if you want your business prayed for, if you want a relationship prayed for, thank you, Carlos. That's a man hungry. I want things to turn around. If you need to turn around in your life, amen. If, it, it, guys, there's nothing wrong with this. If you've been standing on your own and your arms are tired, hey, would you, would you, would you like to lift somebody's arms up today? You would, wouldn't you? Come and let them hold your arms up today. They're going to sing a song. We're going to end with prayer. We're going to end with coming and, pr- and praying while we're singing the song. And then Josh will come in close. I'm going to pray. And after I pray, I want you to come quickly and be prayed for. And here's what I want. If these guys get filled up with prayer, we, we've asked them don't pray for 15 minutes over each one. Because God can do it in 30 seconds. Amen? But, but if we need more prayer, people, come today. But let's pray for one another. Amen. I pray the Holy Spirit draw you in Jesus' name as we're singing this song. God bless. For more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.